0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Backstage Gaming: Dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris, and I'm Dylan. And this week we've got something a little bit different. Uh, we don't usually just talk about new games we think are cool, but this week we're going to talk about a couple new games that we think are cool.
1: Um, <laughs> I think I think we're entitled to have one of those every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of them, at least, I I
0: the one that I have been play have more hands on with so far than Dylan. Uh, I'm interested in talking about it for reasons that are more in line with what we do on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm sure we can fake it for, for King of Fighters. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I believe in us. I'm sure we'll do fine. And don't aren't you audience? Anyway. Uh, I also do want to say um We'll throw this out at the beginning The audio on my end might sound a little bit different uh, I'm in the process of finalizing The work on like my what will be my new vocal booth But that means that In the room I'm currently recording in Which is our office uh, There's no longer a big pile of sound absorbing materials In a corner because they've migrated into the closet So yeah. it might be a little more echoey On my end
1: <laughs> Love <But> that
0: <laughs> I I'm sure you all Love it, don't you? Anyway <laughs>
1: I uh, for what it's tonight. worth chris you don't sound too bad from where i'm uh, cool i'll hope listening. that it sounds
0: that way on my waveform as well it sounds echoey to like my human ears but that might be where i'm sitting i don't know but yeah a couple cool new games came out over the last few weeks uh that we wanted to talk about one is king of fighters 15 which mm-hmm. dylan has been vibrating over <laughs> um <laughs> absolutely and the other is Sifu, which I have been vibrating over. Um, and yeah, we, I, I really wanted to talk about Sifu, and, and Dylan brought up that this is a possible uh, episode topic as well, just because like, it's an interesting game to look at from like, a presentational point of view. Mm-hmm. But then also King of Fighters came out, and, and Dylan wants to gush about it, and I'm always down to hear Dylan gush about a
1: fighting game, so... They both fall under the loose umbrella of martial arts-based action games. Yeah. And that is an umbrella that I keep
0: near and dear to my heart. Um, <laughs> so, Which one do you want to start with? I guess that let's... let's I'll leave that up to you. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, like, everything I have to say about King of Fighters is pretty fluffy, um... Because I mean we we've talked about fighting games and like the appeal of fighting game yeah. lore and all that stuff before, so um this is just kind of resurrecting that topic. But um yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying Gang of Fighters. Uh and uh I guess I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the uh first character I really clung on to. Um so I'm maining this character named Elizabeth. She debuted in King of Fighters 11, I believe. uh, And she was also in uh, 13. I think she might have been in 12. 12 had like a kind of gutted roster. uh, But she's back in 15. And I've never played her before. um, But like something about like her uh, character reveal trailer reminded me of some other characters I've played in other games. So I thought, yeah, I'll I'll try her out. Um, I like her animations like she's got like this really i i want to say like dignified poise um she's kind of an aristocratic character um, I don't know why, but I, I feel like I kind of lean towards those characters um, in a lot of games uh, between this and uh, uh, between this and Karin and uh, Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, yeah, I, I think what's been fun about her is that um, what I understand her game plan to be is she's very much about controlling the space. OK. Yeah. Um. So she has like she has these zoning um the way someone uh described the character he, he was doing like a quick and rough rundown of every character in the game he called her like a special zoner um and so she has a fireball chris but it, it kind of works like Politana's fireball in smash brothers okay um where uh you you're not actually uh throwing a projectile you are setting up a a spot in the middle of the field that like a player can't touch oh very cool yeah and that was the first thing that caught my eye she also has a counter but it's not a counter it's just that like when you get hit with the counter activated you teleport behind them and you have three distances your light medium and ex uh which is to say both buttons pressed together uh i think the ex version gives you more frame advantage the light one get has you close to the opponent the there's there's all these little things and it's all really cool and i feel like having this character who who their personality is like this kind of dignified very upright aristocrat having this character who kind of plays into that um and she also has like a shoryuken that uh um she kind of does a little twirl like she there's fighting games are cool because like the way that the game plan and the animations kind of sync up makes like almost says more about their personality than any like actual in-game writing yeah and yeah i don't know there's there's just something really cool about that
0: it seems um, like it seems like fighting games are cool could just be like the tagline for the last few months <laughs> of this podcast <laughs>
1: yeah i'm glad i'm glad you've gotten into them as far oh, yeah. as you have because oh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now we're we're breaking our friends into the genre as well. I think yeah. what you're what you're describing is really interesting because it really does seem like this was my experience as well and it seems to be our our friend Dakota who's been on the show a couple times has recently picked up uh Guilty, Guilty Gear Strive and it seems like for so many people who get into fighting games, myself and Dakota included, and the way that you're talking about uh elizabeth and Kof 15 fits this bill so much of of getting into the genre getting into a new game or a new franchise seems to be just like finding a handful of characters or a design idea or an art aesthetic that you vibe with yeah like for me it was it was dragon ball fighters because that game came out and the 12 year old that lives at the back of my brain started just (laughs) screaming (laughs) uh and for for dakota it was i was i had been sharing like art from the guilty gear games with him because he was trying to get into like a more stylized art place and he was like yo these are fucking sick and i was like do you want to play it i will buy you this game as a gift he was like absolutely
1: um incredible
0: yeah and uh, like i think that's so interesting because like obviously aesthetics are important in any genre of entertainment like any media Aesthetic is an important aspect of like what gets people into a property, why people stick around.
1: Uh, yeah, the like, feel of the property. You can't judge a book by its cover, but a good cover will certainly grab your attention. You know. Yeah, it's, absolutely. You know, presentation counts.
0: Yeah, but I, I I can't think of another genre of games where so much of whether or not someone sticks around can boil down to like. Well, I suck at this game, but I like looking at it enough and I think it's cool enough that I'm going to deal with sucking at it for
1: long enough to stop sucking at it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it taps into a uh, I don't want to say like a role play element, but like you definitely speaking for myself personally, I feel like even if like there is a character who um is not the playstyle I typically play, if I enjoy their animations enough. And if I enjoy their aesthetic and if I enjoy the kind of personality that their game plan exudes, I will push myself to try something new and learn something new because that character is just that damn cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, like that doesn't that doesn't pan out in every instance. Um but in in the times that it it does pan out, I think there's a very satisfying like you kind of you You kind of want to, I don't want to say embody the character, because that sounds really pretentious in this uh, podcast, that it it takes a pretentious lens to video games, but... I'm a method fighting game player. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I, uh... I do a line of coke before I play as Chip Zanif. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) And I can't play as Anjimito unless my tits are out. Sorry, anyway, what were you saying?
1: (laughs) (laughs) um my my uh daily ritual before i play may is inhaling an entire helium balloon (laughs) yeah but i i'm very excited
0: no you're (laughs) i had to get that last goof out (laughs) yeah i i'm very excited to pick up kof 15 i i downloaded it on friday and i'm have not had a chance to boot it up yet,
1: partially because I've been playing the other game we're going to be talking about. But man, right. it looks fun! It looks um, so cool. Yeah, and I I think you know picking this up after having played Strive for a little bit. Um, I think the the mechanics in uh different fighting games, like I I don't think I need to explain that. Like, give the game like a lot of personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Guilty Gear Strive is like. They took Guilty Gear and made it a bit more Street Fighter. Not yeah, that that's a I bad that's thing or fair. anything, but like that's definitely kind of the direction they chose to take with that game. Uh, King of Fighters is so unapologetically King of Fighters. Um, <laughs> and what makes King of Fighters King of Fighters is that it is Street Fighter, except like the degree of movement is so much more that... Uh, neutral is like a completely different game like when i play king of fighters i almost feel like i'm playing smash brothers in a way because uh, <laughs> like so much more of the game is you running around and zooming um hopping sharp hopping uh you're never really you don't really stay still all that often whereas in king of fighters i feel like the or uh in street fighter i feel like the the neutral which is uh kind of what we call the Moment in a fighting game when the two players are trying to figure out what their next move is um it's so instantaneous like oh this person's hopping at me i need to either roll out of the way i need to do a jab i just need to move and you're just constantly moving and yeah i i think like uh in a way it's it's a completely different kind of character yeah i i don't really yeah. know how else to explain it it's just a different type of character
0: <laughs> yeah i fully get what you mean I'm very excited. I Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to play with you and get my teeth kicked in (laughs) as I get my uh, King of
1: Fighters legs back. Unfortunately, yeah, because it's been so long for you, uh, it's not going to be pretty. (laughs) No, but I'll have fun anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I I've. Yeah, I mean, I played a little bit. I, I, I wanted to say I've really just kind of been in training mode. I don't I haven't really played against people yet, but I have played against my brother and I've played against uh, one of my neighbors. So sorry. No, it's fine. I, I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> OK.
0: Anyway, let's talk about Sifu now. Yeah. So I've, I've talked about Sifu before on the show fairly recently in the, the episode we did about sort of fight aesthetics But it's out now and we can talk about it and off the bat I want to say like it's really good, it's really fun, it feels really fun to play and to control, it's, the combat system is, it's honestly like, this is a weird point of comparison but it it feels, and and let me know if you agree with this or not Dylan, it feels like if the Batman Arkham games had been designed by someone who liked fighting games.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can kind
0: of see that. Like, Um, it's got a lot of the same ideas of the the Batman Arkham combat style that kind of took off, where, like, you're reacting to the different moves your enemies throw out at you with the various options at your disposal, and you've got, like, a parry and a dodge and a block, and you can counterattack. But it takes away all of the, like, you know, you don't get a flashing indicator over someone's head when they're going to try and hit you. mm -hmm. Uh, And you have the ability, like... You can do things like animation canceling and stringing together special input moves that the game doesn't explicitly tell you are combos. And like, as you play, there's like a a lot of kind of depth to the fighting that you can discover uh, Um, in a way that is, you know, it's not as complex as most fighting games, but it's in the same ballpark, I would say.
1: Yeah, I think the the big thing for me, uh, just to go back to the comparison to the Arkham games, Mm -hmm. is um, in the Arkham games, like Batman has, like, a crazy degree of mobility that is largely automated, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Like, Batman is, like, jumping from enemy to enemy and i think it's, i think you do ha- it's not like you have no control over it but it's it's very much um yeah like if if
0: you point this st- if you are hitting one enemy and you point the stick in the direction of another enemy 10 feet away
1: and continue hitting the hit button batman will get to the end the other enemy 10 feet away and yeah that that's because you know it, it plays into the power fantasy of batman just being this incredible martial artist uh who can do no wrong and like you know it He's a superhero. He's a superhero, exactly. Uh, and I think what that kind of takes away from like traditional beat 'em up game design is the idea of positioning and spacing and seeing how many enemies are around you and not letting yourself get surrounded. Oh which yeah, I think is something that I've had a blast with seafood. Oh, it's so uh, fun. You know, sometimes jank camera uh, mishaps, not <laughs> notwithstanding,
0: even those have been pretty few and far between. In yeah my playthrough though. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's, I, never, I 100% it's never agree. been agree.
1: It's never been particularly egregious. It's just, you know, it's happened from time to time. But like there is uh, so much more of a degree of like I, I can't remember if like you can can you grab enemies in Sifu? If if you uh parry
0: if you parry them and sort of break their momentum, you can you can do a double button input to throw them in a direction you can throw them into uh you can like throw them into furniture or into terrain to deal damage or you mm. can throw them into other enemies to knock those people off balance Yeah. later one of the upgrades you can get is the ability to uh once you like hit an enemy you can hit uh hold the direction towards them and hit your dodge button and you will dodge into them and like swap positions with them
1: oh nice nice um, i love that you
0: can you've got a button that lets you vault over obstacles so you can just be like oh shit too crowded on this side of the counter i'm going to jump across the bar
1: yes that's that's always been really fun to do
0: yeah like it it you have a lot of mobility but it makes you have to actively choose and think about that mobility and your positioning like you said it is a
1: part of the process that you the player have to think more critically about and yeah in that way like you kind of have to be in a more disciplined mindset uh, oh, yeah. when compared to the Arkham games. Yeah, button mashing
0: in Sifu will get your head stoved in with a lead pipe pretty quickly. Right.
1: Uh, there's, <laughs> there's no real prompts. like you, you have to kind of pay attention and know what each tier of enemy like what their fighting style is and what yeah. the workaround for them is. Yeah. Um, and the other thing these... that I really yes.
0: appreciate that it does that a lot of beat-em-up style games in, like, the Arkham vein don't do, that was much more common in, like, you know, your Streets of Rage style games, enemies don't really wait their turn. <laughs> like, they they did a, I, I I don't know what's going on under the hood, but it feels like they did a really good job of balancing it out, where, like, they don't usually, like, if you're fighting five people, all five of them will very rarely throw attacks at the same time but they come in close enough to each other that like you have to be on your toes and you can't commit to a really long combo string on the one who just hit you because their buddy's coming up behind you with a kick. And so you have to be ready to change things up and sometimes a couple will start jumping you at the same time and you need to like be on be on your defensive guard and I I think that I have felt truly overwhelmed very infrequently. But I have felt on the verge of being overwhelmed pretty often in a way that I find really fun. I do want to throw out, um, Mm -hmm. while we're talking about Sifu, like I said, I've been having a very good time with it. Even some of the stuff that early on I was like, I don't know how I feel about these system designs. I've I've come around on and I get them a little bit more now. I don't want to overlook the conversation that is happening around this game vis-a-vis cultural appropriation. Yeah, Uh, that's
1: probably a good thing to mention. (laughs)
0: Like, the... I also, like, okay, I don't want to overlook it. I am also a white American boy, and I don't think that my voice should be one of the loudest ones in the room on this topic. I will share, when I tweet about, when I tweet out this episode, I'll share some links to a couple of articles I've read that I think do a good job of diving into the topic. But the short version is, this is a game focused on a traditional Chinese martial art with most of its aesthetics uh, influenced by chinese action cinema and genres and films that were themselves influenced by chinese action cinema and it was made by a team of predominantly white dudes in france yeah and that's that there is a conversation to be had there about like was it their place to make this story they worked with chinese consultants to get things right as far as the aesthetic and the presentation they worked with a an expert in this martial art, Bakme Kung Fu, who is a white guy from France, but one who lived in China for a while, which again, like there's questions to be asked about whether they did enough, whether it is a, a tasteful presentation of the aesthetics it's drawing from. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person to <laughs> weigh in on that too heavily, but that is, that is something that is hanging over this game and something that should be grappled with. And, and, discussed and thought about because it's not too deep to ask those questions gamers on the internet yeah but i again i don't want to dwell on that because i am not chinese i am not a member of a diaspora community this is not my cause to champion beyond ele- like pointing it just out and, and it, elevating yeah. the voices of the people who can like I, I i do i just wanted to put that on the table because i don't really know where i where i'm falling on that because i'm trying to sort of educate myself on that matter because you always should be doing that but
1: yeah and uh speaking as someone who is not chinese but is considered a minority um i think my personal perspective is uh you are allowed to enjoy whatever you enjoy um but you know like just be chill when someone has something to voice about the thing you like
0: (laughs) yeah and and be mindful of things and and again Engaging with media thoughtfully is a good thing to do all the time, especially when dealing with the specter of colonialism. Um, Yeah, just again, just wanted to bring that up. Don't need to dwell (laughs) on that beyond that. I will post some articles that I have found interesting uh, on the topic when I when I tweet this episode. The one thing I wanted to talk about is. I think what makes Sifu work is so much on the way that it presents itself that sort of aesthetic vibe uh, in the same way that we were talking about with fighting games. Like the, the sort of watercolor-y shaded graphics, I think are really cool. I think that they lend the game a cool sense of sort of, it's a martial arts movie. Like it's a martial arts right. movie you can play. And so we're already ad- addressing the fiction of like, this is a world in which one martial artist can take on a hanger full of dudes and nobody has a gun. <laughs> and so I, I like the sort of, stylistic presentation that they went with but also I I don't want to get into like story spoilers I t- earlier today uh when we're recording this I fu- beat the game and then also achieved the uh secret bonus ending and I think the way that they tie the act of play into sort of the thematic ideas that they're playing with is really cool like let me let me Organize my thoughts a little bit because this okay, yeah, gets a little in the weeds mechanically. So we, we talked a while ago, probably a year or so ago, about how uh, Hades is so interesting as a roguelike because it makes the fact that you are going to die into part of how the story progresses. The story and all of the character relationships in Hades only progress when you fail and go back to the beginning. Which is cool because it's playing with the, the mechanics of the roguelike genre in an active way to help tell their story and convey its themes. Sifu is... uh, I I take issue with Sifu being described so many places as a roguelike because, like, it has roguelike elements, but it's much more akin to, like, Streets of Rage, Double Dragon-style, like, level-based arcade beat-em-ups, really. Uh, Just in terms of, like, the way that it's laid out, the fact that the levels aren't procedurally generated, the, the focus on, like learning the level and learning the enemies and kind of practice making perfect really has a lot it feels a lot more streets of ragey than it does something like Hades or or uh into the gungeon or or trial of yeah. isaac binding of isaac what uh the way that they have built in so if you haven't listened to any of our other episodes on Hades I should lay this out the gimmick of the game is that you are a young martial arts student whose father was killed and you're on a quest of revenge because it's a martial arts movie and that's 80% of them um right. But the gimmick is that you have this magic talisman that whenever you die, whenever you take lethal damage, brings you back to life at the cost of years of your life. You age every time you die. And so the way the game's sort of progression system works is that you gain XP for killing mo- for uh, beating up mooks and, and taking people down. And then when you die, or when you find a shrine in the level, but there's a limited number of those, so it's predominantly when you die, you can then spend the XP you've earned to learn new techniques. Some of them are new combos, some of them are new special moves, some of them are just like passive bonuses to things like weapon damage or your posture. And so you you learn these new moves as you go, but if you ever age too much, if you ever hit an age above 70 and then die again that's a game over and you have to either restart the level with all of the skills that you unlocked to that point, or you can go back to an earlier level, uh, to whatever age you were when you got to that level at the cost of any skills that you've unlocked. Mm -hmm. What adds a layer to that is that you can spend experience on moves that you've already learned. And if you, so like as an example, early on, there's a move you can learn. That's like a, uh, You can follow someone you push and trip them to the ground. I don't remember exactly what it costs, but I'm going to say it costs 500 experience to unlock. So you can, on a run, you can die and you say, oh, I want, I would like this move. I think this looks like it would be useful. And you spend 500 experience and now you've got that move for the rest of the run. Once you've unlocked that move, on subsequent deaths, rather than unlocking new moves, you can choose to put 500 experience a pop into that unlocked, like, chasing trip move again. And if you do that five times, you will unlock it permanently and then have access to it even if you game over and, ha- and go back to an earlier level. And so, this process of like aging and learning and becoming stronger and then having to reset, but maybe you've put enough points into something that like you've learned a new technique that you can carry with you through runs, all kind of mirrors this idea of like one of the early marketing taglines for this game was something to the effect of like is one life enough to know kung fu and so they're playing with Uh, this idea of like mastery through practice both in terms of like you as a player mastering the levels and your character slowly
1: but surely mastering and permanently learning all of these techniques so something i wanted to talk about is like that this kind of ties into the game feeling like an arcade game or an Mm -hmm. arcade style game where um in an arcade game you run through an entire the entire game and when you game over that is it you don't have like that same kind of safety net that you necessarily would in sifu yeah um but i think what makes this feel like playing an arcade game in the modern era is that um a lot of people who play arcade games uh most specifically shmups but also this applies to beat-em-ups um and you know shooters what what have you the use of safe states and i think like the way i look at sifu um and how its currency system works and how its age system works uh not necessarily that when you get older you're stronger but uh you you take and receive more damage but more so in the kind of philosophy of you can reload When you get a game over, you can reload from the start of that level, but you are stuck with your uh, current status, like whatever your age was and whatever skills you had bought on that run up to that point. Um, Really makes me think of save states, which um, that is that is something that a lot of people who play arcade games when they are learning the game and trying to, you know, chase that coveted one CC or that one credit clear where you beat the entire game without dying they use safe states to basically kind of mark their progress and be like, alright, I'm going to practice this part of the level, or I'm going to run this over and over again until I can learn it and nail it. Um, and with the, with the hope that they can, at some point, run the entire game, uh, grab all the power-ups they place the most priority in, and get to the end. Hey Dylan, um, that's what I'm currently
0: doing with Sifu.
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and so... <laughs> Like, yeah, so in in Contra, like, if you are not as skilled at the game as someone who's been playing it for a while, you might get the shotgun weapon and then immediately die afterwards. And now you've lost the shotgun weapon. Um, But if you've been playing Contra for a while and you know what's coming up ahead, when you get the shotgun, you are more likely to keep the shotgun. And so let's say you clear the level with the shotgun. If you are trying to learn the game, you might... Uh, place a safe state there just so for everything that comes next you still have that shotgun and so uh you are running the rest of the game with the exact tools that you wanted to keep from a previous run of the game without any worries of rng screwing you over or anything yeah and that is philosophically that is kind of what see Sif- uh Sifu's doing um yeah with the like it has more of a I don't want to say character action, but it has like a character upgrade system. Um, and so it, it because uh, it is so much more expanded, the save state idea is something that is hard baked into the game's philosophy. Yeah. And
0: it's, I've been playing it a fair amount. I've played a lot of this game over the last week because it really has grabbed me. Like The first run, I was just like, I'm going to get as far as I can until I hit age 70. And I did that, and then I was like, okay, going back to the beginning, doing the same thing. And once I got to the final boss, the final boss uh, put me in a dumpster (laughs) several times. (laughs) And so what I did was like, okay, I'm going to go back to the first level, and I'm going to play that level until I can get through it without dying. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was, one, getting me a new save state where I could then start at the second level at age 20 with no deaths on my counter and know that I could you know, progress from there. And it was also letting me practice against the earliest enemies in the game things like parry timings, things like dodge timings, getting more used to the movement controls and the game controls, and grinding for some experience to permanently unlock some skills that I wanted so that I could have those even if I game over it again. Mm-hmm. and then I did the same thing with the second level and then the same thing with the third level and boy the third level took some doing
1: <laughs> um <laughs> but like yeah it's usually uh, according to a lot of old uh, shmup old heads that's how uh, a lot of shmups are designed like first two levels get you to start feeling yourself like this game's fun Ah, oh, man I'm so good at this game and then the third level comes out of nowhere and just <laughs> completely wrecks you yeah but it it really has kind of unlocked like that
0: sort of arcade player like run optimization kind of vibe for me mm-hmm. of like no i know i can do that fight without getting getting killed there like oh man it sucked like i took a lot of damage going into this next hard room do i want to just like start again so i know i can get through there without dying or do i want to you know try my luck and see if i can be that guy <laughs> <laughs> but no it's i've been having a lot of fun with it i i think it's cool just how, like, you can tell that the people made it who were making this game really love martial arts action movies. Like, there mm-hmm. there is an overt old boy reference in the first level of the game, and it's really cool. It's a very fun segment, too. Yeah. That said, one of the critiques I saw of the game that I think is fair is that it feels sometimes like they really liked martial arts movies, and they wanted to stick a bunch of references to martial arts movies in the game but they didn't necessarily consider that, like, the hallway fight in Old Boy hits the way it does because it's the fucking climax of the movie and you've seen all of the stuff leading up to that moment. I was
1: going to say that as well. Like, yeah. There, there is a very deliberate reason why the Old Boy hallway uh, fight scene is shot the way it is at the point in the film that it comes.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's phenomenal. And so, like, the visual homage to it is very cool and got me very excited the first time I played it because it was like, oh, shit. They even fucking pulled the camera out to make it side-scrolling. That's cool as hell. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't you know, it it's kind of an empty reference at the same time. It's a cool reference, but it like it's just a reference. There's no reason for that hallway fight to be particularly meaningful to the player other than it might be the first fight with that many enemies
1: they've faced, but like that's not that doesn't have the same weight, you know. Yeah, that in a vacuum is not the climax of old boy (laughs) yeah i will say
0: there's another moment later in the game where they do the same side scrolling sequence that they use much more effectively because Mm -hmm. it is at a point where the level is becoming more and more abstract and you're getting a sense of like the mental state of the boss you're headed to and they they use the hallway and like the hallway gets more and more abstracted as you go down it which is cool that's very good like that that moment felt I it, that moment honestly almost made me wish that the first old boy reference fight hadn't been there. Wasn't there, but they needed it, it for the trailers. Chris. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And again, it's cool. Like it really got me excited when I first played it. But there's several moments like that where it's like this is a really cool moment that feels like it's lifted straight from a great kung fu movie, but only aesthetically. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with purely aesthetic references. That's something that most media does to some degree. But it, it, and partially this is the story of Sifu is like pretty cut and dry, pretty standard Kung Fu movie stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it feels sometimes a little bit like narratively vacant, thematically very rich. Again, they're, they're very clearly playing with like the ideas behind martial arts as a practice in the game, but narratively and, and like sort of story theme wise, it's a, it's a little it, flimsy. It's a little flimsy, not bad. Yeah. It's not doing anything atrocious. That's just <laughs> was, clearly not I was the primary say, focus. Remember
1: Jackie Chan's The Medallion? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, Yeah, that's another one you got there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I don't have a ton else to bring up like I, I could talk for much longer about seafood. I do I before we wrap up, I do want to laud again like the the combat animation like to mm-hmm. My, my fight choreographer brain is tickled so much by this game because, like, the animation is super fluid. The motion capture people that worked on this game were phenomenal. Uh, the variety of takedowns and the sort of seamlessness of the takedowns and the way that they look good from whatever angle the game presents them to you is, like, a feat. It, the, the animators outdid themselves on this game. And... I personally am finding myself, especially in, like, big group fights, trying to find, like, cool ways to choreograph them as I'm playing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another just feather in the game's cap. Hats off to everybody who worked on that aspect of it, because it's it's outstanding. But, yeah, I, I don't have a ton else to, to bring up. I just kind of wanted to talk about the game, because I have complicated feelings towards it, even if they are mostly positive. Uh, right. And I think that it's a really interesting game. Like, I... I would highly recommend you try it out. Again, not perfect. Cultural appropriation is a uh, a hairy subject that needs dealing with, but mm-hmm. it's interesting and I between this and Slow Claps first game absolver, I really want that if nothing else, I want this game to do well enough that they get to keep making games because they make interesting games. Yeah, they're not perfect. Um, they've got some they've got some rough edges but both of them have been really interesting and very much up my personal alley, and I want to see them continue to, to experiment and, and see what else they're
1: able to churn out. Yeah, I, I think, like, there's a diamond in the rough, and, like, the rough is getting chipped away as we continue to progress. Um, yeah. So. Like, I, I, I want them to be able to iterate, and, and, like, I really like
0: Absolver. I think Sifu is... I don't want to say, like, strictly... Better because it's a very different kind of game, but definitely more polished and definitely clearer in what it's trying to be than Absolver was. And I mm-hmm. I think that if if Slowclap gets another attempt or two to like drill into the formula that they've been playing in, they will make something really special.
1: You know uh, what my animal brain wants? What's that? Um, I want like Prince of Persia's parkour. Ooh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Parkour Kung Fu game. There's already a run button on a right trigger, just like in Prince of Persia. They could yeah. make it work. Yeah. Yeah. I should, You're speaking I should my language, in. Gregory. <laughs> uh what a world
0: such would be. On, on that note, I think we can go ahead and wrap up for this week. I, I hope that you that enjoyed time. this slightly more uh current events focused game or uh, or podcast episode, but We'll probably get back to our more esoteric bullshit next time. (laughs) Oh, you know us. We Uh, love esotericism. Oh, absolutely. And until next time, thank you for listening to Backstage Gaming. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember, if the podcatcher of your choice, whether you're finding us on the Apple Podcast Service, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on the Google Play Store, and if they offer... A rating and review uh, option, please leave a rating, please leave a review. It really does help please the algorithm gods. I think I'm not a computer person uh, deep enough to know if that is actually real. Anyway, you can also find out more about our show by going to bsgpod.com. That is our website. You can find out... Wait, is it at our website? It is our website. I had just had to check because my brain's not working. Bsgpod.com, where you can find out more info about the show, find out more info about me and Dylan. Leave a rate or uh, leave a, uh, a direct message to us through our email account. Anything like that that you might want to do to get in touch with us directly. Bsgpod.com.
1: I said it right that time. Hey, Dylan. Social media, me. Yeah, um, well, Chris, because I'm social media mediaing you, I will let you know that uh, hey, if you want to check out the Backstage Gaming social media accounts that you created, uh, you can find them <laughs> on Facebook and on Twitter, where the handle is at BSG underscore cast. Also, Chris, if you want to talk about uh, Backstage Gaming on your personal accounts, and I do, um, yes, that would Sorry. be amazing, and I would love it if you use the hashtag BSGPod um, so that you can. You know, get a little engagement, get a little activity. Uh, it's really cool. It helps us. And we, we, love, we love to see it. Puts a big old smile on my face. Oh. Aw. Also, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you dig our key art, you might like some of his other stuff. In fact, I guarantee it. Um, and if you want to find his other stuff, uh, you can hit up his Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is b-r-e-n-n-e-n. French. Squarespace.com. Uh, you can also find him on instagram.com slash brennan french arts and on his twitter at brennan underscore french
0: you should also go check out our friend bioquery he's the musician behind our theme song dot sound radio volume one instrumentality you can find more of his music by going to soundcloud.com slash bioquery that's soundcloud.com slash b-i-o-q-u-e-r-y or by searching for bioquery on spotify Thanks, as always, to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. They are a great network full of podcasts about video games. You can find out more about the shows on the network and listen to some of those by checking them out on Twitter, at Network. And thank you to you if you are a patron of ours. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash bsgpod, and thanks to the kind people there. We are not losing money with things like web hosting fees or anything like that to make this show. Uh, that is a huge... Blessing and a huge boon to us and it means the world to us that we are able to do that and uh, if you like us and you want to support us in a very direct and uh, personal way patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great way to do that I think that'll do it for us this week I'm losing the ability to speak as moments tick by <laughs> so until next time I hope you enjoyed and we'll talk to you soon Bye bye goodbye
1: everyone